Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of News You Can Use right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. I'm Ann Baldwin, the host of this program, and we've got a great guest who's traveled quite a ways, and we're going to talk about travel today. It's Dan Velez, who is the TSA New England spokesperson. Uh, he's a public affairs specialist for the Media Operations Division, and he joined right after COVID. Uh, he's also uh, from New England and a 21-year Air Force veterans. So thank you for your service, sir. Thank you. We appreciate it. So you've had quite a career in communications. You've worked for a lot of agencies, and now you're working for TSA, which stands for? Transportation Security Administration. And, you know, we've all had experiences when we travel, especially TSA is such a huge part of that. And, you know, what we do here at Baldwin Media is media relations, and oftentimes TSA is in the midst of that. You know, from an overarching standpoint, what is the role that TSA plays in domestic and international travel yeah i mean basically what it boils down to is tsa is responsible for making sure that when people fly uh, when they take trains when they take any type of transportation excuse me around the country uh, they they can feel safe Um, obviously uh, most of us know what happened during Mm -hmm. 9-11 tsa was born after that because of what happened and our job is to make sure that people are safe they're not bringing on uh, prohibited items, firearms, um, razors, anything that can be used as a weapon, our job is to make sure that it stays off of the aircraft. People can still bring those items, but they have to be in their checked bag. They can't have access to them in their carry-on bags. Right, and it's interesting that you say that TSA was born out of 9-11 because before that, it was really like cowboys and Indians, right? Anything goes. <laughs> I mean, I don't remember those days. Isn't that interesting? I don't remember not having TSA, but pretty much everybody got away with everything and people probably weren't as safe as they are today. No, not even close. Um, yeah, back then it was run by uh, contractors mostly, and then there was a few government employees that worked. Um, I can't even remember what the name of the administration was, but um, they did have a form of TSA, but it was nothing compared to what it is today. So, yeah, back then people were bringing on guns and knives and all kinds of stuff. Um, so, yeah, TSA was born out of 9-11, and, um, you know, we, we've done a fantastic job. I'd say in the past 22 years, I think it's been now, 23 Mm -hmm. years, uh, of making sure that people are safe uh, and getting from destination to destination, whether they're they're traveling for work, whether they're traveling uh, for vacation, 
uh, we want to keep people safe. Why isn't there, though, you talked about, and again, we're speaking with Dan Velez, who's the uh, New England spokesperson for TSA. Why isn't there um, the kind of vigilance that there is on trains like there are on airplanes, though? We don't have to go through, take our shoes off, take our laptops out. We just hop on a train. Why is there a difference? So, um, believe it or not, there's a lot of things that go on in the background that people don't see. Uh, so, w- with trains, um, it's a much more expansive system. Um, it would be harder for us to um, put people in those positions like we do uh, for the air for aircraft. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's but trust me, um, we have what we call Viper teams, visible intermodal uh, response teams that are all over the country. Uh, they're responsible for making sure that our transportation system uh, on the railways is just as safe as it is in the air. So technology has changed quite a bit. You know, it's, I just recently had a uh, trip to Iowa, and I know as I went through some of the major airports now, there are, you know, systems that you don't have to take your technology out of your out of your laptop or take your laptop out of your bag. And um, if you're over a certain age, you don't have to take your shoes off. I mean, things are evolving and things are changing. I mean, how has technology changed the game when it comes to travel? Yeah, over the past, especially over the past five years, technology has really um, come into the forefront of TSA and what we do. And it's going to continue, um, you know, throughout the next decades. Um, You know, you mentioned um, when you come to the screening area about uh, certain things that are getting screened. One of our newest technology pieces that we've added is called uh, computed tomography. And it's a 3D x-ray scanner, and it dates back to 2002 um, when the medical field was using it. Uh, So we've kind of now incorporated that into a security role. And these new CT machines are fantastic. Um, It gives our transportation security officers a 3D image of everything that's inside your bag. They can rotate your bag 360 degrees and pinpoint certain things um, in your bag. And what's great about it for passengers is that they can now keep all of their items that they had to pull out in, mm-hmm. in the past. You had to take your laptop out. Mm-hmm. You had to take your cell phones out. And anything electronic had to be in a separate bin. That's no longer the case anymore. Now everybody can keep all of those items in their bag. And then when they get to the other side, they just grab their bag and go. So it's a lot more convenient for passengers. You know, I always, when I when I go home, I always take Russell. We have a place called Russell's, and they have the best kielbasa. Okay, you know what kielbasa is, right? Oh, yeah. And you know what it looks like, right? Yep. <laughs> so I usually put like three links of those in my carry-on. And each and every time, it seems like then they got to go through my bag. And they pull out the kielbasa, and we all have a lot of laughs, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing I've learned, too, is, you know, I wear an underwire bra, not to get personal. But usually then i got to get padded down after I get out of that machine machine because but now I've learned don't do that and I can get through get through safely so there's just certain things that people are looking for and certain things that might set off the system right and then everybody behind you gets irritated because you're slowing things down yeah that's one of the things about travel and what's so tough uh, for our transportation security officers is the majority of time when people are traveling it's a stressful it is time yep even though you're going on vacation people are still stressed out they Mm -hmm. have to uh, they got to get somewhere. Anytime you have a time element involved, yep. um, people are going to be a little stressed. So a lot of times people are on edge. Not everybody, but um, it's you know it can be tough for the officers. Um, and then there's times you know when the airlines will schedule uh, like a there's a big rush 
and all the airlines are taking off at the same time at major airports. Mm -hmm. That can be pretty tough, too. We work with the airports as much as we can to make sure that we're ready for those times. Uh, but sometimes you have an onslaught of people that are coming through. And our main job, number one job, is to make sure that they're safe. Right. Uh, not that they're happy. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's secondary. Right. We want to make sure they're safe. So we're doing everything we can to try and get people through as quickly as we can. But we want to make sure that we're doing the right job and we're catching things that shouldn't be going through. Right. And some of this is up to the traveler, too. You know, when they say yep. they're like I, when I flew through DIA, Denver, I mean, an aerial shot. I took an aerial shot of the line that just looked like a, like it was a rock concert. I mean, there were so many people in line. And so you have to a lot for that. Whereas if you're flying out of Bradley, it's usually not as congested. It's, it usually doesn't take you that long to get through, you know, TSA. So it's part of that's up to you, right? You can't you can't expect them to do their job faster because they're just trying to to keep us all safe. I mean, that's really the, like you said, that's the number one priority. Yeah. There's a lot of ways that passengers can help us out to get them through quicker. Uh, one of them is making sure you get to the airport at least two hours prior to mm -hmm. departure. Uh, that doesn't always happen. And I know that it's hard because traffic and everything slows people down. But if you're there two hours ahead of time, you're good to go. You're going to get through the line. You're going to catch your plane. There's nothing to worry about. Um, making sure that you have your ID card out now. Before, uh, in the past, like before COVID, we were using, um, at most airports, we were still using boarding passes. Mm -hmm. We're not really using those that much anymore. Some right, places So put it on your phone. Are. Put your boarding pass on your phone. Is that your recommendation? Yeah. If you have a phone, yeah, have, have the boarding pass on your phone. But the main thing we're going to ask you for now is your ID card. Mm -hmm. So we have new credential authentication technology um, machines that are travel document checkers use nowadays. Mm -hmm. So when you get up to the travel document checker, it's the first person, TSA person you're going to encounter. Right. Um, they're going to ask you for your ID or they're going to ask you to insert it. it. Yep. Yep. Um, and that machine will be able to tell us a bunch of different things. One, if you're on the non-travel <clears throat> uh, non list, uh, the secure non-travel list. Uh, two, if you're actually flying that day mm. we have all of that data based off of your id card okay now when does it begin i understand that you have to sh start showing your passport or two forms of id that there's some a rule change or something coming up it's called real id okay. um, and that's um a thing that we have with the uh state driver's license um departments around the country and what that basically is um and we've had to push this back a bunch of different times. Mm -hmm. I think three times we pushed the, the date back because people and the state driver's license facilities, they just weren't ready because of COVID, mm -hmm. which is understandable. So the new date is May 7th, 2025. Um, you're going to have to get a real ID to travel or you'll have to have a passport. Um, there, so you can't just use your driver's license anymore? Well, your driver's license will be a real ID. Oh, okay. So basically when you go to renew your driver's license, mm -hmm you need to tell them or ask them that you want a real ID. I think some states are automatically doing, doing it, that. Okay. but some states, I think you still have to ask for it. Mm -hmm. um, so basically what it is, is you have to fill out another sheet, a, a, a form, and they'll put a star on your ID card. Okay. And our, our technology machines will be able to tell whether or not it's a real ID or not. So, so we've got a few years for that one. Yeah. Like I said, we've had to push it back. Um, I'm hoping we don't have to push it back again. Um, but what's the reason for that? If Why can't you just show a passport or your ID? What's the reason that you're doing that? Well, passports you can still show, but the 
your driver's licenses um, with the real ID, one, they're harder to replicate or duplicate. Okay. Um, so we're, tr- we're just trying to make people safer. So there's, um, there's a program with the state driver's license facilities, the government, TSA, to make sure that we now have uh, a real ID or everybody has a real ID, which will make sure that we're all a lot safer right. and more Did you secure. hear that, folks? Have your IDs out when you get to that person. That, that's also my pet peeve. People have got to be digging through their purse or digging through their pockets to find their ID. Do you still have to show your boarding pass with your ID or just your ID? It, it'll depend on the airport. Okay. Most airports, your Category X airports, LAX, uh, LaGuardia, Boston, the big airports, you don't have to do that. They'll just ask for your... But some of the smaller airports may still ask you for your boarding pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're at a bigger airport, just have your ID ready. If you're at one of the smaller ones, have your ID ready and have your phone in your hand with your boarding pass. And look ahead at what the other people in front of you are doing. You know, don't get up there and then wonder what you got to do next. I mean, you're in line for a while, yeah. probably. So just observe, be observant, get off your phone and be observant. We're speaking with Dan Velez, who's the uh, New England spokesperson for the TSA. Uh, let's talk a little bit about TSA uh, pre-check. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, I used to get that randomly on my boarding passes. Sometimes I get a TSA pre-check, but now you got to sign up for it, right? You got to pay for it. Um, do you think it's worth the money is is are there advantages to tsa pre-check yeah there's definitely advantages i fly constantly you know throughout the year i have tsa pre-check and i think the longest i've ever waited in line and i fly to dca or bwi which are busy airports the longest i think i've waited in line is 10 minutes Hmm. with tsa pre-check what's Um, the process for that what do you got to do so it's pretty simple you go to tsa.gov you click on travel and then you click on TSA PreCheck. You'll fill out a form, and then you'll get an email a little bit later giving you options of where you need to go to finish the process. So you have to go to a, a processing station. Um, sometimes, I think Bradley used to have one. I'm not sure if they still have one. I think it. they do. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think, yeah, you're right, they mm-hmm. do. Um, so you could go to Bradley, or there's different places around, you know, Hartford, uh, Windsor, yeah. all around the area. Um, and you, then don't forget the money part. Yes. Well, the the misno- the thing that people seem to um, make a mistake with is they think it's seventy dollars a year, and that's not the case. It's seventy dollars for I'm sorry, it's seventy eight dollars for five years. Oh. So you get it for five years, and then when you re- when it goes to renew on your sixth year, it does go down to seventy dollars, mm-hmm. and then that's for the next five years. So. I just want to make sure people are aware of that, that TSA PreCheck is $78 for the first five years and 70 every other five years after that. So what are the qualifications? Are people ever rejected from getting TSA PreCheck? What's that process like? Um, I'm not exactly sure. I know they fingerprint you. Um, they do a background check. Um, they just want to make sure that, you know, you're not on any type of wanted list mm-hmm. or you're a terrorist or you're, mm-hmm. you know... Um, so that's basically what they're doing. And then once you're vetted through the system and you're good to go, um, you get a, a pre-check number. And every time you fly, you put that pre-check number into your, your reservation. Yeah, your reservation. And a lot of the, if, like if you fly Southwest or American or whatever constantly, you know, you can make it so that that number pops up every single time and mm-hmm. you don't even have to worry about it. And then it's automatically on your boarding pass. Uh, it's automatically... Uh, uh, in conjunction with your ID card as well. So when you put your ID card in the slot, it knows whether you're a TSA PreCheck member or not. Okay. As That's a matter of fact, yesterday there was a couple um, 
I flew out of BWI yesterday. There was a couple in front of me. They were a little bit older, and they were foreign, um, and they were in the pre-check line, and the lady inserted her ID card in, and then uh, the TSO, <clears throat> she was really nice. Uh, she let them know that they're not pre-check members. Mm-hmm. So they had to, and even though you're not, and even though you could, they they could let you go, they don't. They don't. No. They had to go back and start over. They had to go back into the regular line. So make sure that you're in the right line. That's right. Sometimes I think maybe they won't figure it out. I'll just go in this line. Oh, no. They know. <laughs> That's interesting. Yep. And what about those other places? I've seen like Clear and other companies that say they can get you through the lines quicker. Is that just like a TSA pre-check or is that, what's that about? So, yeah. So Clear is a, um, a separate uh, company that we work with. Um, yeah, you can you can get clear. Uh, they use uh, biometrics, uh, so that you'll have to scan your eyes, and then you'll kind of we do what we call now a zi- a zipper thing. So once you get scanned through clear, you'll get escorted right over to the TSA pre-check line, mm-hmm. and then you'll zipper in with the TSA pre-check members. So which one's better, clear or TSA pre-check? Well, <laughs> you work for TSA yeah, now. Obviously, so. I'm going to say TSA pre-check. For <laughs> but, one, it's cheaper. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Because sometimes they'll be standing right there when there's a long line saying, sign up now and we'll cut the line and we'll get you in there. And so a lot of people I see do that. Yeah. They're they're mainly trying to compare it to the regular security line. Yeah. Yeah. But TSA pre-check line, it's just as small or just as short as their line. I'm signing up today. Yeah. I travel a lot now. Especially. You don't have it. I don't have it. So oh. I used to get it, like I said, but now I don't have it anymore. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. So let's have some fun now because I know you know some stories. Um, I'm just thinking about, I talked about my kielbasa that I try to, <laughs> to get through and uh, my underwire bras that, that cause me problems. But what are some of the things that, you know, you hear about when people travel that you, you just shake your head and say, I can't believe anybody would be that stupid to try to bring X <laughs> on a flight? Well, I don't call anybody stupid. Oh, okay. I definitely don't I do. do that. I do. I won't, I won't attribute that to you, Dan. <laughs> but um, some of the things that people shake their head or that I shake my head at uh, mainly is, is firearms. Mm. People should know nowadays you cannot bring a firearm in your carry-on bag. Last year, we detected 6,500 and I can't remember the exact number, but 6,500. That's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um and we are right now, I think we're on a pace, uh, we have about 4,500. 93% of those firearms, of those 4,500 this year, have been loaded. What? Yeah. So that's some of the things I shake my head at. It's like, And then, you know, you get arguments from people, well, it's legal in my state to have an open carry. Well, that, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's a state law. Once you come into TSA's property, you're on federal property. And you have to abide by federal laws. And it's really that simple. Mm -hmm. Now, TSA, from what people think or opposed to what they think, we're not anti-firearm. If you want to bring your firearm, that's fine. But there are proper procedures. Mm -hmm. Basically, you have to put it in your checked bag. It's got to be in a locked case where people cannot access it. And you have to declare it with the airline. I mean, it's that simple. Yeah. So if you want to travel with your firearm, by all means, go ahead. You just can't come through security screening with it with your carry-on bag. It's just it's just not going to you know. And, and then, then they confiscate it, and then then law enforcement gets involved, right? And then yeah. So what happens? Uh, what happens when we find a firearm is we immediately call the local law enforcement, mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten they're, they're right, right there, there in the, the yep they're yep. right there at the airport. They take it over from there. Once we detect it, we alienate it or we keep it away from the passenger. 
um, and then we call law enforcement and then they deal with it. Mm-hmm. So whatever happens with the gun or with the person is up Out to the state hands. law. Right. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people always ask, they're like, why wasn't that person arrested or why did they get their gun back? And it, it all depends on the state laws. And I'm, the situation. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So what is your role? What is TSA's role, Dan, with the luggage? Do you also scan luggage in a separate area or is that up to somebody else? Uh, so you're talking about check bags? Check bags. Yeah. Once you, um, when you check in and they take your check bag, it goes on a conveyor belt. You know, mm-hmm. you, you see them put it on there yep. and then it goes back. It Then it goes back into a long, like miles long uh, conveyor belt system. And we have machines back there to detect any type of explosive or uh, firearms as well. So we, we do have people back there that are uh, vetting check bags as well. And how do you know? I know sometimes when I've traveled, I've noticed that my bag's been opened and gone through. I get a little badge or sticker on my suitcase saying yep. that it's been looked at. Um, how do you decide whose bag to go through? And is it just random? Yeah, sometimes it's random. Uh, and then other times... Uh, the machine will pick up something that we're not sure of and we have to verify it. So then we will have to go into your bag. But as you said, we do um, we do our best to make sure that um, we don't damage the bag for one mm-hmm. and two. We, we leave it up to the airlines to do that. That's my editorial co- comment. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> um, and we, we, you know, we make we sure to put things back nicely. Yeah, we let you know with either some type of sticker or sometimes you'll find a card inside yes. your suitcase letting you know, hey, we had to search your bag. Yeah. So let's go back to some of the crazy things. We talked about guns. What else? What else have people tried to get through there? Well, um, there have been baby sharks in formaldehyde that people have tried to bring through. Uh, That seems to be a popular item in uh, New England. Um, How about lobsters? Can you take live lobsters? I don't know if you can take a... I'll have to look that one up. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Speaking of New England, you know, that I mean, I yeah. just figured that would be one of the things. What else? Uh, so, okay. So last year or the year before, we had a woman bring a slow cooker through in her insecurity screening. So that immediately triggered our TSOs to be like, why is she bringing a slow cooker through? So it went through the CT, the computer tomography x-ray. And they discovered like these, they saw something in there and they weren't sure what it was. So they had to, they had to do some research. Uh So they, they open it up and they look at it and there's nothing in there. And they're like, well, this is weird. So they put it through again and then they're like, something's in there. So they had to take it apart and wedged in between the walls because I don't know if you've ever taken a slow cooker apart, but they have these like, there's like a wall in between. Mm Mm-hmm was $10,000 in cash. Now, it's not illegal to bring money through the TSA checkpoint, but you should declare it. You should say, hey, I've got this money. Anytime you try to hide money mm-hmm. or you're doing something weird, mm-hmm. it's going to trigger a response from our TSOs. And they're going to call local law enforcement. And yeah, so they called law enforcement um, and it turned out that the woman was a prostitute and there was drugs uh, involved as well. So that was a really big one. That's a big one. But, I mean, you talk, talk about drawing attention to the situation. Who would put money in a slow cooker? I mean, you know, it just does put it in your bra or something, but don't put it in a <laughs> slow cooker. Okay, so we got a few minutes left, Dan, and I want to leave this conversation again. Dan Velez, um, who's the New England spokesperson for TSA New England, um, give us some 
top tips so that we don't get caught up, so that we don't slow people down? What can we do? I mean, obviously, you know, the liquids got to go out. Um, you have allowed now for a certain amount of liquids, like, you know, with lotions and things, because, you know, people pick up booze, pe- people pick up things to take home to their family on vacation. And then next thing you know, they're in the trash barrel. Yeah. Um, well, let's start from the beginning. Okay. So when you're home, you're getting ready to go on your trip. Mm-hmm. Use a suitcase that is completely empty. Because if you've used a suitcase before traveling by car, bus, or train, um, and you were able to bring something that you can't bring on a plane, it's going to show up. So start with an empty suitcase. Okay. Uh, get to the airport at least two hours prior to your departure time. Mm-hmm. Have your ID card out and ready to go. Right. Listen to the divesting officers. That's the officer who's right there before you put your bag into the The tower now. Shoes off, laptops out, bop, bop, bop. They got it. They always sound like they're yelling. Uh, I know, but you know, it's so everybody can hear, but not everybody's listening. Yeah, exactly. Um, So listen to what they say. Uh, Right now, with the new computed tomography machines, more than likely, what you should be doing is taking all of your loose items your, your wallet, your keys, your purse. Uh, rings, anything that might set it off, don't put them in the bin by themselves. Put everything in your carry-on bag. Okay. It makes it a lot easier with these new machines. Even if all that stuff's just thrown in your carry-on bag, we can easily spot. But I thought I didn't think you had to take your jewelry off, your rings and your watches. Well, it depends. Um, I'm not supposed to have to take my belt off mm-hmm. it, through TSA pre-check. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes a belt will set off the alarms. So just, some just be, you know, just be proactive. If you think it's going to cause a problem, take it off and put it somewhere. Okay. Yeah. And then if you're not sure on whether you can bring something, we have this really cool uh, app. It's called the MyTSA app. Um, and if you download that and have it on your phone, there's a little uh, link that says, what can I bring? And if you click on that, you can type in basically anything mm-hmm. and it'll tell you whether or not you can bring it in your carry on bag or your checked bag or neither. Mm-hmm. Uh, baby sharks and formaldehyde you put that <laughs> in <laughs> i mean the, the shark itself probably would have been okay but once it's in formaldehyde that's oh, a liquid Jesus. so that's what disqualified that one um but yeah it's it's it, it'll help you a lot yeah. more uh and get you through the line a lot faster if you just listen to the officers and then make sure that everything stays in your carry-on bag. Right. Well, this has been great. Dan Velez, I want to thank you very much um, for all these tips and kind of giving us an insider's look into the TSA because, like I said, I travel a lot and I had a lot of questions about what these people do, you know, why are they there, you know, obviously for our safety. They're doing a job. You know, we're all uptight when we're, we're traveling, but, you know, give these folks a break, right? That's probably my best advice. So thank you very much for being here, and I hope that all of you enjoyed um, some of the tips right from the spokesperson for New England for TSA. Uh, Thank you for your information and thank you for listening. Um, Have a great day. And again, Ann Baldwin here and we'll see you again next Sunday right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.